0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 27th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. The Federal Reserve's new aggressiveness under Jay Powell means more rate increases. Tate Lacey, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, describes what that means for monetary policy going forward and what the Fed should be focused on in the near and long term.
1: So we saw Jay Powell uh, conduct his first press conference As you point out, we've seen him in uh, testimony on the Hill prior to this, but this was the first chance for the press to ask questions about that policy decision. Uh, The Fed did indeed raise interest rates, uh, their two administered rates, um, but that was largely expected. Uh, Market prices had essentially fully priced that in. Uh, So that was a continuation of what's often called the Yellen plan, this sort of very carefully communicated normalization plan uh, that... They, they created throughout her tenure. So, so Powell has yet to really set himself apart policy-wise. Um, he struck a slightly more bullish tone on the economy and that's because some economic data has come in indicating that uh, an expansion a little increased expansion could be on the horizon. Uh, but in, in actuality, most of where he deviated from his predecessor was stylistically um, rather than policy-wise. So the policy looks to be the same, uh, Fed projections still indicate. Two more rates hikes this year, though they inched up closer to four. there are some market odds indicating that uh, a total of three and a total of four are now uh, roughly equivalent uh, prediction wise but uh, the policy was was largely expected uh, where he where he really changed was. He gave short, uh, often blunter answers than did his predecessor, uh, and mostly that's from his experience. Whereas Yellen was an academic economist, uh, Powell comes more from the business side. Uh, so he churned through the questions quicker. The press conference was shorter, um, but we didn't see much policy deviation yet.
0: So to be clear then, if if the change is more stylistic than uh, substantive, it's worth noting that one of the things that uh, Janet Yellen championed was the assumption of the new authority that the Federal Reserve has claimed to, for example, pay interest on bank reserves uh, and other things.
1: Yeah. So that that authority came from uh, a congressional act um, and the Federal Reserve has used it in an unconventional way since the depths of the crisis. There was a question uh, to the effect of Is there any consideration at the Fed about going back to the pre-crisis framework, a much more market-driven operating system where the amount of reserves in the financial system and the target interest rate called the federal funds rate are linked? Uh, The size of the balance sheet as a result of QE programs, quantitative easing programs, uh, has ostensibly severed that link so that the balance sheet can adjust in size irrespective of of how it uh, translates into interest rate moves. Uh, Powell sort of hemmed and hawed on that answer saying that uh, the Fed was comfortable with the framework. They're still learning quite a bit about the framework. Uh, not sure how those two comments jive together uh, and that, that while there isn't a decision on the horizon about the timing and maybe going back to a pre-crisis framework, he said it's at least something he's open to. Whereas. Uh, Janet Yellen in some of her last formal discussions as chair said that that interest on excess reserves was indeed the primary tool uh, for interest rate policy and one that the Fed intended to use. So, so perhaps Powell opened the door ju- just a hair, but uh, it's likely to continue.
0: All right. So with respect to the charge of the Federal Reserve, which is to maximize employment and keep inflation in check, uh, do we, is there any indication that he's going to either favor one or the other, or how does he view the
1: mandate? So the dual mandate, as you point out, is sort of the, the guiding principle that comes from Congress for the Federal Reserve, and that is to promote maximum employment and stable prices. Now, to a person on the street who doesn't follow the Fed closely, there may be some rather obvious and intuitive definitions for those terms. But in Fed speak, they're actually a bit more nuanced. So Stable prices uh, has meant 2% annual inflation uh, explicitly since um, January of 2012 and the Fed has sort of chronically undershot that target, um, sometimes questioning its credibility to or willingness uh, to allow for that symmetric target. Uh, On the other hand, maximum employment, the Fed sort of has a natural rate as they would call it. of how, what the unemployed percentage ought to be in the economy. But it's, it's also worth noting that it's measured in a very particular way. So, the unemployment rate is the percentage of people not working who are, quote, in the labor force. Uh, but in order to be in the labor force, you must either be working or have, quote, made specific efforts to find a job recently. So, people whose lives were severely damaged, say, by the Great Recession uh, and the slow recovery who are not looking for work are... You know not considered in the labor force, and thus they don't factor into that unemployment rate. so one thing that's interesting to consider about uh, Chair Powell going forward is you know is he going to be boxed in policy wise by this dual mandate because while certainly the Fed can make and they have in the past made policy errors that have driven up the unemployment rate um, either with you know overly loose monetary policy or raising rates aggressively uh, inviting in recessions, there are good things that can happen in the economy right now that would put temporary upward pressure on that unemployment rate. So consider if we indeed get into an accelerating expansion here, some of these folks who are outside of the labor market uh, might be coming back in, starting to look for more meaningful work. That's certainly a good thing for the economy as a whole. It would be silly to say if the Fed is allowing that to happen and just staying out of the way, which is what it ought to do for something like that. If the unemployment rate were to inch up from where it is now at 4.1 to percent, maybe closer to four and a half, even to five, depending on how many of these folks come back into the labor market, there's no reason to lay that at the Fed's doorstep. You certainly want them raising interest rates or doing something else that jeopardize that kind of flow. So it'll be very interesting to see how he balances that out because, on a top line sort of measured metric level, inflation is getting closer to two percent, and measured unemployment is at four. That looks like historic success for the dual mandate. But going forward, you want the Fed thinking um, on a longer time horizon. Trevor
0: Burrus, Jr.: Right. And you also want them thinking more broadly about what those measures actually capture and what they don't capture.
1: That's exactly right. Um, and I think to, that's sort of the, the illustration I was trying to, ma- to, to make is that you could have something good happening, people coming into the labor force, finding more meaningful work in their lives, and, and you don't want the Fed overreacting to that. Um, and you you can see something in this, I think, that's very important also sort of strategically for how Powell might set policy, and that's the unemployment rate as measured can rise for good and for bad reasons. You don't really want—and and sometimes those reasons are obvious uh, in real time, but sometimes it takes uh, a longer period of analysis. So when you have a discretionary central bank, you don't want them lurching in the wrong direction, uh, and there are ways to— sort of give the central bank a framework, what's called a rules-based monetary policy that would wring out some of that discretion, get them to focus on, um, you know, a better indicator, something uh, a little bit more on the medium term rather than lurching back and forth from monthly uh, economic reports. Tate Lacey is a
0: policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.